This week's episode is brought to you by Main Street Windows by me, Jeff Heimbuck. This 300-page book features every Main Street tribute window in every Disney park in the entire world in full color, along with descriptions about who the window honors. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any really good bookstore, or you can get a signed copy signed by me, personalized to you, from OrchardHillPress.com. Hello and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And we got some pretty exciting news for you guys. Now, George, what are you doing the first weekend in September? Do you have anything Ooh, planned? That's Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like you're leading me somewhere, but I'm like not sure. You're not sure? Okay. Whatever plans you may have cancel them because oh, i have okay. a better idea for you right, okay my, pull up my calendar here okay while george is pulling up his calendar i'm just going to tell you guys so that weekend is dragon con weekend in atlanta georgia are you pounding away at your calendar i was opening up my gmail okay okay so dragon con in atlanta georgia and we will officially be doing a live show as part of their official uh uh-huh. programming presentation on sunday september 6th at 5 30 at night um, it's actually going to be our annual Halloween episode, um, so we'll be talking about the Haunted Mansion. So, there'll be Halloween in September, which is kind of, you know, usual for me anyway, but, like, <laughs> way early in September. Um, but yeah, live show at Dragon Con, you guys. So, if you're in the area, you should guys totally come out and hang out with us. We're going to do, like, how many panels are you on for the weekend, George? Do you know? Three or four. Yeah, I'm on, like, three, four, five, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting George on a couple more, too. I think he should be with me, but... We're going to take over Dragon Con, so you guys should come hang out with us. So, Communicon. Communicon. Ah, uh, yeah. Dragon Core? Dragon Core? I don't know. That's not, that's like a Game of Thrones podcast, I oh, think. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's our is. spinoff. Yeah, yeah, that's our spinoff. But I have to watch it first. Yes, yes, but I, I do. I'll keep you informed. I'll keep you informed. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good. So, Dragon Con, that's Dragon awesome. Dragon Con. So, the first weekend in September, September 4th, 5th, and 6th, come see us at Dragon Con. Jump and skip. Okay, so I know you guys are thinking, what? Another trip report? What is going on? Another trip report? Another trip report? Well, I had the opportunity to visit Dollywood again. Yes, I know this is my fourth time visiting since April. That should tell you guys how much I like Dollywood. And it's only four hours away from my house. Only so four lot, hours? Well, that's better than the almost 11 to get to Walt Disney World. That's a fair point. That's a fair yeah. Though, if it, you know, there and back, it's almost a full trip to Walt Disney World for you. Exactly. Kind yeah. of. So. Okay. And spend a lot less money there. But that's not, that's beside the point. So they, uh, Dollywood just opened their brand new Dream More Resort. And I was offered a media stay there at a reduced price. I know I sound funny. I don't much think they gave it to me for free. Uh, and I want to talk about that. But before we get into talking about the Dream More Resort, I want to talk about another experience I've never been able to do. Uh, didn't do it last time we were there. Uh, but I got to 
experience what's called an alpine coaster. Ooh. Exactly. That's this like was, an old school theme park thing. That's what it felt like. This is not inside Dollywood. This is the Smoky Mountain Alpine Coaster. And the web address is SmokyMountainAlpineCoaster.com. Very original. But we'll repeat that at the end. And uh, it is in Pigeon Forge. It's close to the Kroger and the McDonald's for anybody that knows where those are. Because the Kroger is pretty big in the area. Um, it's an outdoor roller coaster that basically takes you on a mile-long track. And it's about a seven-minute ride, uh, which is very good for a roller coaster or an experience like that. Uh, my big beef at first, it was $15 for your first ride. What? Yes, $15 for your first ride. Considering, Yeah, considering you can get into Dollywood for 50-some-odd dollars and have access to seven amazing coasters as well as the shows and everything else. But that's okay. I mean, you know, it's, it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime type experience. Not really, but... That's what I'm building it as. And, uh, but, you know, I was talking to a friend and they're like, you know, if this was in Orlando, you wouldn't blink an eye about paying 15 bucks for it. That's a it fair point. That's, that's of, like pretty cheap in Orlando. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a great experience. So rode it uh, during, uh, but it's $8 if you pay for a second or third or fourth ride on the same day ticket, so to speak. So at, at that point, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. So um, they basically, uh, while you're waiting in line, they give you all the rules like, do not slow down. Do not let go of the brakes or, or put on the brakes because you do not want to slow down. You do not want somebody crashing into you, and you do not want to crash into somebody. Well, back up for a second. What's yeah. the top speed if, if they don't want you to put on the brakes? That's a great question. 27 miles an hour. Actually, that doesn't seem so bad, but... Not bad at all. And it, it will it, it will never go faster than 27 miles an hour either. Interesting. So whether you weigh 110 pounds like Jeff Heimbuck or you're fighting weights above 200 like me, it... It stops at 200. It stops at 27 miles. Basically, <laughs> I was gonna say 200. So, basically, you have to push down the handles the whole time to go fast, which is smart because then you won't be able to get your camera out or your phone and record the ride. Okay, something tells me that someone tried to do this this very weekend and failed no, once, because once I, once I went started going down, I realized nope, I'm not getting my phone out of my pocket. But I did. I did get some video. We were going up the chain lift. What? And this, this was a spectacular chain lift. Almost half the ride was going up a mountain, the side of a mountain, with trees on either side. So even though it was 90 degrees outside, it was cool going up there. Um, the wind was blowing. And you went through like three lift hills to get up the top. And it was so relaxing to do that. It was very enjoyable. But you get to the top and there's a guy standing there. He goes, you're going to go fast, right? And I said, yep. He says, all right. And uh, <laughs> it's it really reminded me of Space Mountain. That's pretty cool. And whereas Space Mountain, you know, doesn't have lift hills and a lot of uh, drops, this was mostly banking and turning and didn't lose, you know, uh, didn't feel like you lost your stomach a lot, which is good. Although there was one hill near the very, or one curve near the very end that takes you over the side of the mountain and you're 80, 90 feet in the air. And that I was like, oh, would my scare God. me. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Um, and that was exciting. Got off, it was a rush really a fantastic experience because you are almost like in a plastic sled and with a seat back and a seat belt that on. seems pretty safe to me and yeah they'll put an adult in by themselves or an adult and a child can go but they limit it to like 375 pounds or 325 I so like remember. three jeff Heinbucks can fit in one three sled. jeff Heinbucks. this fits yeah, okay. yeah i can imagine screaming going on um a lot of fun really think people should do it so uh, after that went to dollywood for one of like two visits during the weekend and then we decided to go back that evening and do the Alpine 
Smoky Mountain Alpine Coaster at night. That's interesting. And let me tell you, we went over the hill and it was all lit up. The building was lit up and the track was lit up with almost like LED running lights, but not really. It was something like that, like rope lights, mm -hmm. but they moved and they changed colors. That's pretty neat. Yeah, much longer wait. They warned us. It was almost a 40-minute wait for us to do it that evening. And uh, God did it the same way. It was beautiful going up the mountain. Um, I took an Instagram video, and all I could think of, it's like riding Christmas. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but you could see the lights going up through the track, and you get to the top, and basically all you hear is you're screaming <laughs> and the wind and the track noise during That's the day awesome. it was a lot noisier but at night it was so quiet and you see the lights going by you, you the moon was full it was incredible absolutely incredible if you get the chance to ride any of the alpine coasters while you're there i think do it anywhere that you are though i know orlando's too flat nice. for alpine nice. coasters <laughs> so tell me more about this dream more resort okay so uh was able to check in and stay at the dream more resort on saturday it's a brand new resort. The first resort at Dollywood, it said they, you know, in all their press material, it took them over 20 years to finally get the land and get it built. It has uh, 300 rooms, which is pretty decent. It's a gigantic six-story building that sits between a mountain that's called Mount Leconte or Mount Leconte. I'm not sure how to say that, so don't yell at me. Uh, and basically the parks are on the other side, but you can't really see them, uh, except you do get glimpses of roller coasters, which is always great. It's a beautiful, beautiful resort. Uh, the building is gorgeous. Sort of reminded me like, almost like the Grand Floridian. It's got a very stark white with a green roof and there are giant butterfly emblems everywhere because you know Dolly loves butterflies. <laughs> That's her thing. But you know, when you check in, uh, before you get into the building, you pass over a beautiful stream that you walk over that leads from one side of the building to the other. And I think one of the coolest things ever, when you check in, there's a very small front desk and behind it is what they call the Windows of Wonder, which are basically five screens turned on their side like big giant television monitors. They had to be 4K. And they rotate about a 30 or 45 second clip of the Great Smoky Mountains. One by a stream, one overlooking the mountains, and the clouds move, the water moves. You see uh, the sunlight change, and it's, it was really gorgeous. I could really go on for a whole segment about how beautiful this was, but I won't. Um, it's it's it it felt really like a like a, a deluxe Disney resort, and I know the rooms are going to go about three hundred or three hundred fifty dollars a night, but they do have some perks, like they give you a free time saver, which is sort of like their version of a fast pass, but it is much better. Interesting. It's like a little Tamagotchi, and you choose the time of the next ride you want, and it vibrates and tells you when to go in the special entrance, and the moment you're on the ride, and they've or the moment before you get on the ride, you can choose your next one. It's 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 a really smart way, and that's about twenty five dollars a person. So they, you know, if you've got a family of four, that's a hundred dollars you've pretty much saved, right there. They give you early admission on Saturdays into the park. They've got a restaurant there that looked really really good. Didn't have the chance to eat it because I was too busy at Dollywood. <laughs> eat the eat at the restaurant, not eat the restaurant itself. You know, that'd, be, that'd take a while. That'd and be kind weird. of difficult. That'd be very weird. So there was a. Uh, a large outdoor pool with lots of seating, separate splash pad. There was even like a mini laser, lazy, not laser river. Ooh, laser river. Yeah, that's a little bit different. Uh, and the pool area had a couple fire pits uh, around it, which I thought would be spectacular that's, in the Great Smoky Mountains. Yeah, at night, that's got to be pretty great. Yeah, do that, you know. It, it Like I said, it felt like a Disney-type resort. It had all the amenities. And uh, my room actually had a king-size bed, 
which was fine. I don't, I don't care. I'm sleeping in a king-size bed all by myself. And two bunk beds, because originally my family was going to go, but bunk they didn't. Bunk beds? They had bunk beds. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> and what was cool is is the, the bedding system actually had, like, a sleeping bag attached to it. So instead of having sheets and blankets, you just zip the, the top blanket up, and it works like a, a, a sleeping bag. That's interesting. This is awesome. And, you know, the bathroom was really nice. There was actually shower gel, shampoo, and conditioner in giant bottles mounted to the walls, which was really nice. <laughs> so you can't take them. So you can't take it with you. And it had a steamer. Take that, Disney. It had a steamer, so I could have steamed all of my clothes. Nice. Which I could have done, but I, I Do was... Do you know how to use a steamer? No. Uh, okay. I, mean, <laughs> I was just clarifying for the folks no, at home. No, 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 no too afraid to, to plug it in. But, you know, the, the Dream War Resort being about $325 a night, it's pretty expensive. You can get a cabin... You know, not during the off the on season for you know about a thousand dollars or less a week. So you got to budget what you want to do. I mean, it's a full service deluxe resort with a ton of amenities, a giant pool. They've got trolley service to and from the park, so you don't have to worry about that. With a special entrance, and it's a really nice entrance. I mean, really small, so they can handle the trolley easily and you can get into the park quickly. And you don't have to do the rat race. So it's got some amenities. I mean, I think this resort's really for people that. Want to focus on a Dollywood stay with Dollywood or Splash Country? I might want to do a few other things in Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge, but they're really focused on Dollywood. And it's great. I think it's a great addition, part of a huge $300 million investment in the property, including apparently a pretty big coaster coming next year. Awesome. I'm excited. So I'm excited. So, yeah, uh, if you get the chance and you want to stay and you want me to go with you, I'm happy to. Because <laughs> I'm only four hours away. I can sleep in the bunk bed. I'm okay with that. Um, but definitely, if you get the chance, do one of the Alpine coasters. It's such a unique experience. I think you'll love it. And the the one that I did that that I did twice, it was SmokyMountainAlpineCoaster.com. But if you just Google Smoky Mountain Alpine Coaster, you'll find it. It was awesome. He's a nerd. He's a geek. But we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's book of the week. Okay, for this week. We've actually got two books, so it's books of the week, but we didn't want to have them rewrite the song, so you guys will just have to go with us. Um, we've, uh, both of us, Jeff and I, received review copies of two books that are kind of similar, but they're covering two different Disney resorts from across the country, and it surprised me when the first one showed up, because it was from Disney Publishing Worldwide, and... They haven't really done anything like this before. Um, you know, they sort of tackled a phenomenon that <clears throat> has been done to death, in my opinion. And I'm sorry for the fans of this, but yeah. Uh, and the second book that we've got is focused on a slightly different audience and locale, but felt like there was just something missing about it. And uh, we're going to take a look at the Disneyland book first. So this book is actually called The Hidden Mickeys of Disneyland by Bill Us Scollin. And uh, it's their first official book to come out of the, you know, the Walt Disney Company to showcase the whole Hidden Mickey phenomenon that has taken Disney fans, you know, by storm over the years. And just for full disclosure, I've never been a huge fan of the Hidden Mickeys. Um, and, and this was even before we started doing the show when we brought up the Five-Legged Goats. It's just, it's just not my thing at all. But this book, it aimed to show off some of the Mickeys hidden around uh, the Disneyland Resort. Okay, and they're actually, you know, they're talking about the entire Disneyland Resort, uh, including downtown Disney and the hotels. It, it is a pocket guide, so it's it's going to be easy to carry around, uh, carry around. But I can't remember 
the last time I ever saw anyone carry a book around Disneyland besides our good friend, Russell the Baconator Flores. Um, but he's very, very special. Uh, anyways, it, it's a similar size to the Imagineering field guides, but you know, that's kind of where the similarity ends. And I usually love everything that Disney puts out about the parks, but I thought this book was kind of weird. Yeah, I think weird is the best way to describe it. I mean, it's it's deemed as the official guide to Disneyland's Hidden Mickeys, but there seemed to be a lot of um, speculation to some of them. And it, it it just seemed to me there was an awful lot of cases where it said, you know, you know, hey, this might be one, maybe, question mark. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe not those exact words, but it was close enough. And, you know, I know the parks have never kept, kept like, an official list of all the, the Hidden Mickeys before. And it just seemed like the author was, uh, you know, stretching for an awful lot of these, quote-unquote, Hidden Mickeys. And even for things that were very obviously not to, meant to be Hidden Mickeys, he said they were. And it wasn't until like much, much later on that I found hidden deep in the back of the book, there was a disclaimer that basically said, you know, these are all basically subjective, so don't take us too seriously, which to me for the official book uh, was pretty disappointing. Yeah, we've run across other books and other guides to hidden Mickeys where you're like, what is that? What is that? That's not a Mickey. So yeah, I think it, it's, it is in the eye of the beholder, but still, you know, I, I also agree and, you know, I would always hope that Disney would be able to say what a hidden Mickey really is and what it isn't. Um, so getting to the book, it's broken down by park and then by land, which makes sense. And most of the Mickeys are pictured and some of them are part of like a scavenger hunt of sorts. Um, Solomon will give a broad clue as to where the hidden Mickey is located. And if you don't get it, then he offers a simpler and more direct clue so it's sort of like a book that a dungeon master would use on the quest to discover the hidden Mickeys or something. I, what are you even saying? I don't... Huh? I, I don't... Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so, again, not the biggest fan of the topic, but I put that aside and gave the book a shot, and I still walked away feeling that it could have been much more than it actually was, you know, especially for an official Disney title. Yeah. You know, I think the main issue for me was that the book is really geared towards a family visit. Something that, you know, parents or an older sibling, uh, they could read out loud for the younglings and try to find the Mickeys. But it's, it is it is missing that hardcore nerd appeal. And I don't know if that's because I'm just not a big fan of hidden Mickeys. I think they've been done to death. Or it's just not, we're not the audience for it, which might be what it is. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if you're a hidden Mickey person, you know, this book is probably for you. Um, and, you know, the advantage that this book has over some of the unofficial books that have been out for years is, you know, it's full color pages and photos of some of the uh, Hidden Mickeys themselves. So it's got that going for it. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to jump into the second book that takes us all the way over to the east coast of the Florida properties. Uh, Julie and Mike Neal have just released their latest book, which is called The Complete Walt Disney World Fun Finds in Hidden Mickeys. The Neals previously wrote one of the most impressive travel guides to Walt Disney World, and they were actually one of the first ones to publish one in color. So I was really excited to, to dive into this book. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I have to say the book, you know, it looked great on first impression. You know, there were over 250 pages. Um, there were tons of photos. And, like, the pages were, like, the nice glossy ones, too. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely one of the better-looking books that has been put out there on the topic. Um, and the book itself, you know, it's billed as a unique field guide to the hidden things at Walt Disney World's theme parks and its water parks. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Neils, they really do know their stuff. And by stuff, I mean the Walt Disney World Parks. And the photographs are really top-notch. They are good. You know, that being said, I, I, I do have issues with the book. You know, just like the Disneyland book by Scullin that we talked about, they're really going after a very specific audience. In this case, it's it's an audience that really focuses most of their stay on the Magic Kingdom and to some extent Disney's Hollywood Studios, and they like to know little chunks of information. You know, sadly, I kind of question some of the research as well as some of the facts that were provided in the book. Yeah, I mean, George and I um, talked about this when we were reading it. You know, there are a lot of facts that are just floating around on the internet and have been circulating for years. And, you know, a lot of them have been disproved time and again. And, you know, I was kind of saddened to see a few of them presented here as a fact. You know, when just a little more research into the subjects, you know, would have shown otherwise. Yeah, I've seen that, unfortunately, in a few other books, mostly about Walt Disney World, where people will just read what they found, uh, put what they found on the Internet. And boy, once it's in print, it's hard to dispute something. Yeah, that's the issue. Yeah. So as far as most of the content, you know, I, I really enjoyed the presentation of the book. It's very easy to read. The photographs are well, well chosen and well placed. But the title does start with the words, The Complete, which I thought was kind of a misnomer. And I know that's probably part of their whole franchising of their book, so to speak. But, you know, I, I did the maths. It was very hard, but I got Excel out into the spreadsheet chart. And here's the breakdown Magic Kingdom takes up 66% of the book, Epcot is 4.8, Disney Hollywood Studios is 11. Animal Kingdom is 11.7, and the water parks (laughs) are 6.2. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit that the Magic Kingdom is my favorite park and has a lot of stories to it, but there are so many more hidden details in Epcot that even we've covered on our show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, since the Magic Kingdom is the oldest and, you know, the flagship, of course, a lot of the focus will be there. But, I mean, there are a bunch of things that were excluded uh, from the other parks in favor of the massive Magic Kingdom section. And... You know, just kind of a small gripe. I didn't even mind that some of the photo placements uh, in the book weren't on the same page as what they were describing, honestly. To me, that really worked well within the context of the book itself, but I just wish there was a little more than the less to, you know, less than five to 10% on the other parks. Yeah, I had forgotten about that till you said that, that yeah, I would spend some time flipping. Well, it says, you know, picture 172. Where was that? Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, like with both of these books, I was trying to figure out who the complete Walt Disney World Fun Finds and Hidden Mickeys is actually for. And, you know, I think the appeal is going to be towards uh, the demographics of people that travel to Walt Disney World frequently, especially families. This is another guy that I think that would be good for families. And, and I hate to use the term soccer mom or the one percenters, but I think it's really for the people that have a lot of time on their hands Uh, who have toured the parks a lot and simply want more to do because they could walk around their favorite parts of the Magic Kingdom and, you know, study that part of the park in detail. You know, that said, I'm still really glad to have the book in my collection. It's got a great home here, and I did did enjoy reading it for the most part. Um, I think that most Magic Kingdom fans are going to love the presentation in the photos. Uh, I just hope that, you know, the reader is going to be able to separate the facts from what's well known as folklore, basically. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you know, neither of them are bad books by any means. I just think they both needed, you know, a little more polish to really, really shine. Uh, you know, that said, I'm glad they're both in my collection, and I'm mm-hmm. sure many of you cadets will actually enjoy the books as well. Exactly. So, 
The two books this week, we've got The Hidden Mickeys of Disneyland by Bill Scollin and The Complete Walt Disney World Fun Fies and Hidden Mickeys by Julian Mike Neal. If it's a legend that you seek, come on and take a peek at the window of the week. This week's window is located in Disneyland Paris, and it reads Evans and Markham Advertising. Products tested, advertisements created. So Spin Evans is a fictional character played by Tim Considine in Spin and Marty, which was a serial from the 1950s version of the Mickey Mouse Club. And Spin was one of the most popular boys at the Triple R Ranch, although his family was poor. Martin Marty Markham was a fictional character played by David Stollery in Spin and Marty, a serial from the 1950 versions of the Mickey Mouse Club. Marty was a rich orphan who wound up at the Triple R Ranch. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. So this one's kind of like less than a goat, more of like a, just a cool thing to do when you're at Disneyland. But uh, if you head to the right of Sleeping Beauty Castle, you'll find Snow White's Grotto. And from, aside from the statues of Snow White and the Dwarfs, which we've talked about before, you'll also find the Wishing Well. And, you know, personally, I just love walking by and watching the people throw coins in, which, of course, are then collected and go to charity uh, at some point. But, you know, that's not the goat. Uh, the goat is that every so often, you can actually hear the echo of Snow White singing back to her, just like in the film when she was singing into the wishing well. So, if you want to, like, surprise your friends and time it just right, you can sing and pretend the echo is your much prettier, better version of your actual voice, because that's pretty much what I do all the time. Wow, so I was, thought you were going to say something about you jump in and grab the coins. No, no, after. no, 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 no. Plus, there's a there's a grate there, so like they're underneath the grate, so you can't really get them. So oh. I just I just pretend to have a much prettier echo than I actually have. Oh, that's good. That's good. Wow. Well, yeah. you know, wishing well. <laughs> that was so um, bad. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna I cut totally, that out, guys. Good. Totally ruined my my Sorry. segue into that next thing. Which let's I'll pretend it didn't happen. Know. Let's go into okay, the segue. So, so if you want your own wish to come true uh, okay i like that one better yeah that's okay all you have to do is send an email to communicorweekly at gmail.com to enter our year of a million or so limited time cadets and we're giving away a weekly prize and this week's prize is a dollywood dream world resort prize pack what yay very exciting i wonder, I wonder who that, that came, came from, from. Hmm. Mm-hmm. um but before we announce the winner, just remind everybody, email communicorweekly at gmail.com with your name, address, and birthday, because we need to know your address so we can send you the prize, and your birthday is for something else special. Yes. But this week's Dream War Resort Dollywood Prize Pack goes to Blake B. from Johnston, Colorado. Hooray! Hey. Is Dolly so, Parton part of that prize pack? Um... Boy, if she is, she's awful quiet in that bag. Oh, whoa. She's been awful quiet in that bag for a long time. But this could technically count as evidence then. Let's let's move on. Yeah, speaking of Dolly Parton, one of the cool things about the resort, they put a five-gallon pitcher of pink lemonade in the lobby. They keep really? it filled all the time. It's like, I think that's like Walt Disney's uh, light uh, at Disneyland. Okay, like the they lamp in the firehouse? The lamp mean? in the firehouse, yeah, sorry. They have to keep that lit all the time. Like, they have to keep the... A jug of lemonade full all the time, pink lemonade for dollars. Interesting. Dolly. Interesting. Or not. I may just, I mean, there is that there, but I may George just. George Taylor drew facts. 
Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for watching and listening to another episode of Communicore Weekly. However you watch or listen to the show, you know, leave us a comment on the YouTube or rate us on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you think about it. Yeah, we were hoping that YouTube was going to bring in the nine-star rating just for us. Yeah, but they don't care. Yeah, they, they don't, don't listen care. to us. That's Womp. Right. Womp. But we do listen to you. We do. And you can talk to us by emailing us at communicorweekly at gmail.com. And, of course, you can always like us on the Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly. Yep, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram so you can find out when we're periscoping because we're doing that occasionally. Um, I am at Imaginerding. He is at Jeff Heimbach. Also, sidebar, if anybody watched that Frozen reenactment over the weekend of my last Periscope, I apologize. Um, <laughs> Thank goodness. I was waiting on that apology. D- yeah. I was waiting on it. So we, we won't talk about how many tiki drinks we had. Then. That's good. Anyway, <laughs> you can also call us on the Communicore Weekly Goat Line at 424-785-4628. And visit the Communa store on our website or get shirts directly at communicoreweekly.spreadshirt.com, including a beautiful Flushing on Our Own Term shirt. Which I'll be wearing to the D23 Expo. Awesome. Heck yes. And of course, if you want your official cadet membership card and a Communicore Weekly sticker, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Communicore Weekly, P.O. Box 432, Orange, California, 92856. And don't forget, you can always help support Communicore Weekly by visiting patreon.com slash Weekly and support us. That's okay. So for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Communicore Weekly.